Well, hello everyone, I am Matt Williamson here to recap Titans Steelers. Wow, um, frustrating game, rewarding game, telling game. They're 12 and 5 in their last 17 games. I mean, that's mind boggling to me. But there is a skill to it. There's no doubt. You know, Kenny coming, doing his best work at the end yet again. Tomlin mucking it all up. I mean, it's frustrating. I always think it's not sustainable, and then it's sustainable. Um, these two head coaches, I have great respect for both of them. I think they both maximize their rosters, Rabel and Tomlin. But they're like that Spider-Man meme. I mean, they're like the same guy, that they're both just going to play it close to the vest, punt, you know, shorten the game, get to the end. And you felt it in this game. But, man, I, I mean, all right. I just have a ton of notes here. But good win. I mean, it sounds like I'm negative. I don't mean to be negative. I mean, this was a very good win. And the Steelers are in a great situation. So, as we do, I love to just kind of buzz through the halftime stats, final stats, and then I have just a, a bunch of bullet points. So, at the half, it's 13 to 10. Pickett's 8 for 15. Okay. 78 yards. Only 78 yards on eight completions. And missed way too many throws. I thought he played very poorly for much, especially the first half. You know, three or four gotta have it throws that maybe could have been touchdowns in a minimum big plays he missed them. rough really rough levis on the other hand was 12 for 17 for 153 and i just put impressive that i thought he would come back to earth he'd turn into a pumpkin again this is halftime interpretation of things he didn't at all now i thought this was huge and it ended up paying end up coming into play late in the game but time of possession in the first half, it was basically 18 minutes to 12 in favor of Tennessee. And I thought late in the game, the Steelers defense looked gassed. And uh, I mean, I know it got better as the game went on, but I think that's something to remember is Tennessee dominated early time of possession. They got 14 first downs compared to 10 for the Steelers. On third down, the Steelers were two of five. Tennessee was three of seven, but they also converted on a fourth down. Yards per play, five seven versus five seven. <laughs> they were dead even at the at the half. Penalties, of course, this is a theme of the game, and I should have mentioned it because I knew this on Wednesday or Thursday. This is one of the flag happiest crews out there, and that's something we need to pay more attention to. I think there's three uh, officiating crews that just throw flags like crazy. And boy, does it influence the game. And this is one of them. But anyways, at the half, the Steelers had six penalties for 50 yards. Tennessee had five for 43. They both, both teams had 64 rushing yards. Steelers had three sacks. Tennessee had none. I think that's a big deal, too. We'll talk about that down the road here, too. Remember this line. Hopkins had four catches for 60 yards in the first half. Okay. Henry had 10 carries for 45 and a touchdown. Zero turnovers by either team in the first half. And then wrote this note down at halftime. Steelers have nine total points in the first half over their last four games. They've produced five, nine first half points in four games. 
That's including defense and special teams and all the above. So Holcomb got hurt. They didn't have Minka. A big thing I wrote down, these are all my halftime notes, communication issues. Worried me. It looked like there was a couple things that were not there. Your two best and most important communicators were out and then left this game. Unfortunately, Holcomb's going to be a while and was bad, as you know. But um, that has to have a negative impact on a defense. Communication on defense is extremely important. All right, so how did this translate to the final stats? And then again, I got a ton of notes to talk through. Levis ended up being 22 of 39 for 264, 262. No touchdowns, though, and a pick. The pick was at the end, kind of desperation time. I'm not saying I excuse it, but I thought Levis was really good. Yeah, I thought he was really good. Um, Pickett would end up 19 for 30 for 160 yards, one touchdown, no picks. I mean, again, 19 completions only yields 160 yards. We'll get to that in a minute. Henry ends up with 17 for 75. You'll take that. I mean, going into this game, you'll take that. Warren, 11 for 87, also three catches for 25. So well over 100 yards of offense from Warren. Najee, I thought, had a pretty good game. 16 for 69, two catches for seven. Deontay ends up with seven catches for 90. Pickens, two catches for negative one. We'll get to that. Hopkins, as I mentioned, four for 60 in the first half, ended the game four for 60. Obviously, a big time adjustment was made. Let all the Akine, Westbrook Akines of the world beat you. Don't let Nuke beat you. And they didn't. Good work. Sack differential was four to zero when it was all said and done. We'll have some more stuff on that as well. First downs were 22 to 23 for the Titans. Third downs, six of 12 for the Steelers. Only three of 13 for the Titans, and they were one of two on fourth down. So they did not convert a third down in the second half. Yards for play, Steelers were at 5-4. Pretty good number, especially for them. Tennessee was at five even. Rushing yards. I'm not sure if you realize this watching the game. The Steelers rushed for 166 yards in this game. Tennessee was only at 105. Huge. Yards per rush, 5-5 five, five for the Steelers, 4-2 for Tennessee. Penalties, ugh. 10 for 80 for Pittsburgh, 7 for 51 for Tennessee. I'll get into that again here in a minute. Turnovers were 1-0. And time of possession, which was so bad for the Steelers in the first half, evened out. It ended up being like 31-29 to 29 in Tennessee's favor. But considering how... Where they were at the half, Steelers dominate time possession in the second half. So, so here's let's take a break. I'll come back with all these notes. All right, I mentioned this before. The head coaches just see this game the same way. It's like Ravens-Steelers. I mean, mirror images of one another in terms of how they have to win. Good coaches, but conservative by nature and taking that to a new level with the teams they have. These are kind of disjointed thoughts or just bullet points I threw out there, but I thought this was, on first blush, great showings by Broderick Jones, Porter, Benton. Not about excluding the other rookies, 
But those three were really good, really tested, and I think have a chance to have really bright futures. That's a tremendous sign for things to come. I thought Cam really helped the run defense, but I also think that threw him in there probably in the deep end a little bit. But boy, I love the thought of him and Benton playing next to each other. Watt and Highsmith, they combined for three sacks, which you probably know. Also seven quarterback hits. So that front, Cam, Benton, Watt, Highsmith, mix in all the others. Who? I mean, interesting. Flat out note here. Steelers DBs are terrible. Boy, are they missing Minka. I told you guys about Darius Rush. I'm excited about him. Great pickup for the future. I think it just shows that he had to play in this game. I mean, I, I'll get you snap counts. We'll talk about that later. But, I mean, the fact that you threw this dude in that you were picking up really for training camp next year tells you all you need to know about the secondary. It's bad. Really bad. I mentioned the defensive communication. Um, it's funny because I made that note at halftime. And then they stick that microphone in Tomlin's face going into the second half. And he said the word communication like five times, I think. So kind of backed up what I thought. I'm, I'm sure it was on his mind. Defensively, we're talking about Holcomb, Minka, exactly. Um, I know the second half was very good for the Steelers, really. I mean, the numbers. But I thought the D did look fatigued. I mean, they were... Had to rush the passer a lot. They were on the field a lot in the first half. But the Steelers ran the ball really well in the second half and really did a good job in time possession in the second half, as we mentioned. Maybe I'll rewatch it and think differently. But in the moment, watching the defense, mostly in the fourth quarter, I thought, boy, these guys are tired. And it's a short week. I mean, you can't forget this is a Thursday game. Thursday games are really, really, really hard on these guys' bodies. Um, I think they're bad for the sport, but whatever. Again, Hopkins in the second half, I think, is a huge story of this, is they just nullified him. Didn't have a catch in the second half. He was a guy that could have beat you. I thought Levis was really good. I thought he would crumble more. All those O-line injuries, he stood in there. He made throws. He looked like a professional quarterback. He's got a lot of ability. And he was pressured on almost half his dropbacks, basically half his dropbacks, he was under pressure and still did a lot of good things. Now, back to these penalties. It really hurt the Steelers. And by no means am I saying the refs were one-sided. Frankly, I thought the Jag game, they were a little one-sided. And there were way too many penalties in this game. It made it semi-unwatchable there for a while. But a lot of them were just ones you had to call as a ref, to be honest, to be fair. I mean, like, if you jump off sides, were you just not going to throw a flag because you called a hold to play before? So there was a lot of undisciplined behavior by the Steelers here, and it could have got worse. Um, Man, this to me is a little nuts. Zero downfield passing from the Steelers. I mean, I, I'm, I mentioned that... The, you know, they, they controlled the football. There was an extension of time of possession, all that. But zero downfield passing. I mean, Kenny struggled with deep with any semi-hard throw. Everything was to the flats. That was a little mind-boggling, but it ended up, you know, creating a win and moving the football. But it feels like they didn't trust the quarterback. 
Um, I think it's pretty clear now that Pickens does not put up numbers when Deontay is healthy. And the, uh, the reason is kind of a good thing, but it's bad for him, is everyone treats Pickens as the one now, which I get because he's really, really good. But he's just a decoy out there in setting up, you know, eating up coverage for everybody else, which works for the team, but still a little frustrating because you'd like to see him produce more. But Deontay scored. How about that? 3.1 yards per route run for Deontay Johnson this game. Like I've told you guys many times, if you get to two, you're really doing well. He's at 3.1. Pickett's seventh game-winning drive in the fourth quarter or in overtime. And during that time, only Kirk Cousins has more. Seventh. I mean, that's a year and a half. He's seven times in the fourth quarter overtime. He's led his team to a win. Crazy. I mean, there is a clutch factor to pick it. You can't deny at this point. 5.5 yards per rushing attempt for the Steelers. 166 rushing yards against a really good run defense, a pass funnel defense. I think Jones had a lot to do with it at right tackle. I mean, I need to rewatch it again, but he was mashing people out there. Talked about time of possession in the first half or second, night and day. Talked about the run blocking here and Jones. Zero sacks allowed from the Titans. How about that? Oh, by the way, another big game by Boz. I thought Harvin was really good in this game. Great play by Boykin on a punt. Rushed down there on a great punt. Make the tackle deep in their end. No gain. How about that? Now you have a mini buy. You should be able to heal your wounds. I mean, Green Bay, I urge you to look at them a little bit this upcoming weekend. They're really bad. I mean, I think they're the most disappointing team in the league. Talk about them a lot more going into the week, but you certainly could string wins together here. Holcomb's going to be out. Um, I think the Adams ankle injury was big. He's been playing a lot of snaps, and he would have lightened the load on Cam, and I think they lost him pretty early. And they had Watts and Fajoko inactive in this game. But they are available for, you know, Green Bay if Adams were to miss time. So you have some contingency plans and obviously Hayward's back. But Adams is a good player. He's been, he's been good and I think he was missed. Last thing I got here, Matt Canada was on the sidelines. I don't know if it mattered or not, but it's certainly they made a good point that I agree with is better for communication. You know, if he's going to talk directly to Pickens, Jones, Mason Cole, whoever, you can just see them face to face. I mean, of course, pick it, but they're always in each other's headsets anyways. Whatever. I mean, hey, if it's better for communication, great, whatever. They, I know some guys on the team said it had a different feel to it. I'm sure it did. And I know Matt Canada is hated. I, I get that. And hey, I'm hard on him too. He's called three pretty good games in a row. I mean, there's open receivers. There's plays to be made. That's the coach. So please recognize that three games in a row have not been terrible offensive coordinating. I think I opened the show with this, but please realize this team is 12 and five in their last 17 games. It doesn't quite pass the sniff test. It makes me laugh. I think they're a middle of the road team, but you can't ignore the results. You can't ignore the results. All right. Take care. I'll be back soon. Bye.